Welcome to the Productivity Podcast. Delighted today to be joined by Nigel Fletcher, who is the Group Business Improvement Director at Pets at Home. Hi, Nigel. How are you? Hi, Simon. I'm fine. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. Good. It's uh, heading into strange old times again, I think, as we record. Everyone's a bit uncertain about where certainly in the UK we are or aren't going to end up. But uh, other than that, all good. Thank you. Yourself? Very good. Very good. And the the, uh, the, the leaves are changing colour, Simon, and I love autumn. I love the autumn colour. So... Uh, looking forward to some nice dog walks in the future, even if we do go into another lockdown. Yeah, well, that's that's one thing for sure, isn't it? We can all get out with our pets, which was a bit of a, a saviour during the, the previous experiences. So it, interestingly, we touch on pets straight away. So um, we're going to touch maybe a bit more on that during this conversation, Nigel. But before we, we dive into kind of your experiences over the past 12, 18 months at, at Pets at Home, let's find out a bit more about you. So can you give us a bit of kind of a career biog? what you've done in your career how you've got to your role at pets at home i can indeed simon um i suppose i'd start by saying i just i just love retail um my father used to work for a company called ryman's i don't know whether you know them a stationery store predominantly yep. in london but um they've got stores all over the country Theo, as well. Theo Pathetis owns them, does he? that's right that's right um and he spent many many years opening stores for ryman's and he got me a job a Saturday job when I was 15 and I, ju- I was just in seventh heaven absolutely loved it um, so it's no wonder that I chose to join the Tesco graduate program when I left university um, and stayed there for many years um, focusing mainly on delivering change um, it was it was just an amazing experience getting involved in so many different parts of the business understanding exactly how the business like at Tesco operates really understanding the drivers for success you know, really importantly, understanding the economic model, you know, what makes a business like Tesco perform so well and do so well for customers. So after many years at Tesco, I moved moved on. I moved into management consultancy for a while, uh, mainly to broaden my experience in retail. Um, I quickly experienced, I quickly realised that that experience at Tesco was uh, you know, really relevant everywhere, to be honest. And any single, not just retailer, but service sector business that um, is operating in the UK and in any Western market, um, you know, that experience at Tesco really held strong for me. So now I find myself um, as Group Business Improvement Director, as you say, and lucky enough to sit on the Group Exec team at Pets at Home, which is an absolutely fantastic business, absolutely brilliant business, um, and really enjoying it. Um, I live at home here in Bishop Stalford um, with my wife and three children and two guinea pigs and one brown Labrador. Excellent. So practicing what you preach, your own little um, menagerie or pet shop there at home as well. Well, the children are quite feral, Simon. (laughs) Very good. Very good. So if you um, let's just tip back to Tesco's a second. I visited the uh, store in Holborn last week, the the new, I suppose, their their take on the Amazon Go concept. Have you have you got a view on that? Have you managed to go yet? I haven't been in the Tesco store, but obviously I've um, I've uh, been in the Amazon store. I mean, in some ways, it's massively underwhelming, isn't it? Because you just go in, pick up the products and go out. You spend a little bit of time trying to cheat the system. And uh, underwhelming in a way that that's exactly how technology should work. It's it's making the retail experience really accessible. I mean, I love it. I absolutely love it. I think it's it's fantastic. I think it can actually lead to better interactions between customers and colleagues more engaging conversations less transactional so we're not standing there at the checkout just scanning items in a really functional way you know every interaction i have with colleagues on that shop floor is going to be going to have a real purpose to it 
Um, and as I say, really, really convenient and seems to work really well. I've tried to beat the system a number of times and have failed on every occasion. Yep, join the club, you, you pick it up and put it back somewhere different exactly. and then walk out, see if you get charged for that or something else and it it works. Yeah, interesting, like you, I've been to the Amazon Go uh, or Amazon Fresh, depending on which side of the the Atlantic you are. Uh, I've seen the one, the Tesco's one last week. Yeah, from a shopping experience, it all comes into the play of colleagues, like you say, because functionally you walk in, you pick something up, you walk out, It it's quite clean and... Um, a simple process it then becomes a theater of adding the colleagues in so it'd be interesting as it moves for me out of maybe a convenient food to go market into a more service orientated business how that all comes into play very much agree yeah very much agree and how it um how, how it becomes more mainstream uh, and how that plays out absolutely so let's talk about pets at home then and you you guys were one of the um the retailers that was open through the that whole pandemic period the the lockdowns that we had and clearly we we saw and reported in the news a massive growth in puppies being bought general pet ownerships and unfortunately some of the news coming out of that isn't as good with you know the number of puppies being um taken into rspca shelters or, or given up from that period as people move back to a more normal life but what was your experience with pets at home in that whole COVID lockdown world and what type of things did you start to learn along the way? Well, Simon, I, I joined Pets at Home, literally, and I'm, I'm not exaggerating here. I joined Pets at Home on the 16th of March 2020, which, casting your mind back, was absolutely the first day of the first lockdown. So it was a really interesting experience. I was joining a business thinking that uh, <clears throat> I was going to be travelling up to Manchester to where uh, our head office is our support offices, um, and I hadn't had to do that at all. But I, I, I joined on that first day, and as you can imagine, like a lot of businesses and especially retailers across the UK, um, we were having to look really closely at our finances. We were you know, quickly working out what all this meant for our business. Um, and it was a scary time for, for us sitting around that table, but also for all of our colleagues across the business as well. Um, and I have to say the team I joined was in full flow um and it was really impressive they'd, they'd already set some really clear principles some very simple clear principles put in colleague welfare uh, right at the top of that list pet welfare closely second um and really using those principles of which we had about seven or eight of them to really drive all of the quick decisions that we were having to make um now as uh, you know we worked really closely with with the brc um and we felt really strongly that pet welfare meant that, that pet short shops should continue trading um, through the lockdown. And, and thankfully, as you say, the government guidelines confirmed that shortly afterwards. So we were one of the lucky retailers who continued trading. Um, and, you know, it was it was an interesting time. We, we continued trading, of course, but we had to make some really significant changes along the way. Um, you know, we had to really, really change our operating model. As you can imagine, you know, like, like most other retailers, we fundamentally had to change our model from wanting our colleagues to really engage with customers to working out how to minimise contact um, whilst also you know, delivering an essential shopping trip that that, that, that that customers and pets really needed at that time. So it was an interesting time, Simon, interesting time. And for those that may but may not be familiar with kind of the whole pet care side of things, just just give us a quick insight into that world of 
daily routine. So they, there's clearly cleaning processes that happen on a on a day and within a day basis. But what what are the colleagues required to do on a on a day to day basis at a high level from a kind of pet care and welfare point of view? Well, if you look at one of our stores, if I focus for our, on our physical estate to begin with, um, within each of our stores, we we have a retail part of the store. We're selling product. Um, within that, we do also have pets and we have an adoption centre. So we've, we've, we've got pets that are no longer wanted elsewhere that we're trying to rehome. And we've also got pets that we are selling to, to new customers. Um, and then we've also got uh, in a lot of our uh, sites a, a vet business vets for pets um, and that's a fully functioning vet practice with with surgeries uh, cons- consulting rooms you know procedures are happening on site um, and it's a proper medical facility um, and then we are we, in most of our stores we have uh, a grooming um, a groom room as well um, and you've, you've got to realize through the lockdown this was an interesting point that grooming for lots of breeds of dogs is actually a you know, it's a welfare issue. If their coats get too long and get matted, then it can be really detrimental to their health. So um, that was an important service to, to, to maintain as well. So we've got product, we've got services, we've got grooming, we've got all that going on. And you quite, quite rightly point out there that, you know, a very important part of that is looking after the pets that are in our stores. And we quickly decided to remove pets from our stores just from a welfare perspective. Um, a lot was lot you know there's lots shut down during the lockdown and uh, if you've got a small family then you you probably want to go to a pet shop and look at some pets but we really didn't feel comfortable for to have lots of customers crowding around the pets at that time we wouldn't be able to maintain social distancing it didn't feel right for our colleagues and when you've got lots of customers around it's not right for the pets either so um, we removed pets from our stores during that time and really moved back to a really essential shopping trip vets were um, doing consultations in the car park um, we only did welfare grooms in the groom rooms we did really basic grooms for breeds that really needed it and we really scaled everything back as much as we possibly could feels like a long time ago now we talk about it but um yeah not not too distant to past unfortunately or fortunately depending on your, your view of life so it sounds like you made some really sensible decisions clearly pet welfare colleague welfare and customer welfare at, at the heart of all those decisions on the flip side of that it was a time when there was only a, a selected few retailers open so the likes of yourselves clearly supermarkets so you, you must have seen some growth as people clearly bought more pets because they were at home but you must have seen some growth on the retail side as well and how did that kind of harness back into making sure you've got colleagues in a good state of mind because it's a difficult period you're experiencing some growth because you're one of the few retailers that is open from a kind of capability and capacity point of view you're completely right simon is that we have experienced some really good growth I think people in the UK have reconnected with their local environment. I think they've reconnected with their families. And it's well published that, you know, a lot more people are buying pets and and, 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 and choosing to have that experience at home. And quite naturally, uh, we have seen an uplift in volumes because of that across the entire business. Um, but also during the pandemic, clearly we want, wanted to look after our colleagues at the same time. Um, and therefore we had to make some really you know, significant changes to the to the shopping experience. That meant we had to have queues outside the store. Um, we couldn't run the normal activities that we would in store um, in our pet care centres. We normally have a, a community area where we invite school children. We do demonstrations. We do some teaching. 
Um, and we ha we've had to close all that down. And that, that, those, those areas are still closed down today um, because it just doesn't feel right yet to have groups of people coming into our pet care centres and doing activities like that. And we've got, we've got to really try and reconnect back into our communities and reopen those kind of services over the next six to 12 months and really understand how we can how we can do that and as we speak today i think lots of businesses are growing either through coming out the back of lockdown and what the future holds or through that growth that they've seen in in lockdown from being open one of the key things that we we're really hearing at the moment from everybody we speak to whether that be retail whether that be a tech consultancy whether it be a retail consultancy is this ability to try and build out capacity to one recruit everybody seems to have lots of vacancies and minimal applications and then retain that talent so how are you how have you been and how are you looking to kind of stay ahead of the curve from a recruitment growth retaining talent point of view yeah we've always we, it's always been a strong uh, strength of ours uh, recruiting the right people into our business um, a lot of the colleagues in our stores when you talk to them they have a real love for animals and for pets and that's a real you know real hold into the business um, and it's a real reason to come and join pets at home for that love of, of animals and pets so I think that drives a lot of loyalty for us um, but you are right as our volumes grow and as we grow as a business we've got to keep ahead of the curve so um, recruitment is really really very important and yeah we've also probably read a lot of the articles about the great resignation of 2021 you know we're not immune to that people are moving jobs a lot more now I think than, than ever before and I think there's also a, a movement back towards traveling less for work so I think we've seen a lot of colleagues and a lot of people in the UK uh, make you know, different choices around where they work and how they want to work. And really for us, it comes down to offering everything we can as, a, as an employer to our colleagues. Um, and I think flexibility really comes into that significantly. As colleagues want to plan their life around their work rather than, um, you know, uh, uh, really... Um, having to work at certain times um, and be able to be really flexible in that in that working pattern is, is going to is really important for us going forwards um, and a lot of colleagues have wanted to move to part-time I think during that time as well um, but it is, it is a struggle I mean the, the, the biggest area that we're struggling with at the moment is distribution I think a lot of, a lot of places are as well um, yeah. we have three distribution centers um, across the UK uh, and they are they're in locations where there's lots of other distribution centres as well. So, you know, people who want to work in distribution are sport for choice in those areas. And I think you know what really attracts people to our business is is the culture, um, and really that moral compass that, um, that that shows that we do what's right. Um, uh, you know, when, when it comes to colleague welfare and pet welfare, like we showed during the pandemic. So hope, hopefully that wins through in the in the longer term, even though we've got some of these short term blips pre pre Christmas in terms of distribution. I think I was reading the other day that, you know, some I think it was even Tesco's actually offer, offering significant signing on bonuses for people to go and join their distribution arm. But for me, that's a, a short termism because people will soon forget and then values and culture will will play through. 
I think that's right, Simon. I think that's right. And we'll see areas where we can, you can externally see where a business is struggling when you see big sign-on bonuses. I think I think Amazon have done the same, haven't they? And you've seen the same yeah. from truck drivers, HGV drivers as well. Um, and I think, you know, we're, we're going to see that for some time. Uh, I think there's you know, elements of the labour market here that are going to struggle, that are going to be stretched. And I do, you know, sincerely hope that that drives some innovation as well. Um, I think we can, if we can reduce the workload, but also increase the output at the same time, a renewed focus on the cost to serve, on the processing um, elements of, of each job, then uh, I think a scarcity of resource can drive some innovation across all parts of our business and other businesses as well. Yeah, yeah, it could be an exciting time. Hopefully lots of those things that have been on the agenda for a while, certainly in the kind of retail tech environment, start to play through. But I think the the other point it starts to move our conversation into is that piece around the future. So colleagues of the future may be a more service-led because we've automated or removed process which is more manual or more doing. Is that kind of the, the stance you're taking and the, the way you're seeing things will pan out? Very much so. My my view is that if we have a, a colleague who um, is in one of our pet care centres, um, you know, the, the most value adding job they can do is engage with customers and meet new customers, impart their knowledge about pets and animals, give advice, um, whether that's, you know, about nutrition for the dogs, whether it's about the coat and best care, whether, you know, whatever it might be. The, the most value add that, that that colleague can give is to engage with customers and and impart their knowledge. So that means, as you quite rightly say, uh, all of the transactional, functional, physical processes, um, it, the more we can simplify, remove, automate those processes, the better, because it just releases our colleagues to go and engage with customers. Um, and that's very much the, the, the stance that we are taking and I think that helps with recruitment as well because each of the each and every one of those jobs is more rewarding it is more engaging it does attract the kind of person that we want working in our business as well and potentially there's some kind of transition challenge isn't there of maybe the skill set that was recruited for historically morphs into a, a different skill set so there's an upskilling piece of work or a, a transition to a, a different type of person that comes into the business I think that's right. I do think that's right. I mean, we've we've recruited for um, colleagues who engage with customers for a long time, um, but there will be some elements of transition, um, and there will always be a place for some of those more transactional tasks. There are, um, you know, a number of colleagues within our business, a number of people in 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 our communities that um, that will want. Uh, jobs that aren't customer facing and and i think any business can offer those you know look at the distribution jobs look at the logistics jobs um but when we're thinking about those the pet care center or the store jobs um i think they are really very very people centric i think those softer skills of engagement talking and 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 imparting knowledge is 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 going to be the most important skill set that we're looking for going forwards and it's probably a skill set that's going to be in 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 strong demand across all retailers and across the whole service sector yeah no and i agree i think those yeah interpersonal skills clearly service champions are going to be a hot property which which means that you know price goes up doesn't it if 
if there's short supply and high demand, then those roles become better paid or have better benefits around them. So it, it'll be an interesting market, maybe shifting more from a an employer market to a, an employee's market and they're having greater choice of, of job roles where they, they choose to feel they belong. I think that's right. I think it'll be very local as well. Um, I think as time goes on, um, <clears throat> I think the labour market will become more local by nature. I think we've seen that across the UK to a certain extent. If you look at the, you know, the central regions where a lot of businesses have their distribution hubs because the geography you know, is most productive there, um, the labour market in those areas is really tough at the moment for, for DCs and, and, and pickers. Um, so those local dynamics are probably going to lead to more localised decisions as well. I think also it comes down to um, to, to, to the relationship with the manager. Um, I think we've seen, you know, the great resignation of 2021. It's not always about money. It's about how engaged I am, um, you know, uh, um, that relationship with my manager and my team is is really important. Uh, and uh, so there's lots you can do locally, I think, to address that. Yeah, and we, we shouldn't forget, we've both got retail store backgrounds that when you're in in a store-based environment, almost the company, the brand, the culture is as, as good as your leadership in the store. Exactly. So that, that will be varied, unfortunately, just because we're a, a population of humans and we're all slightly different. But it yeah, it, it is interesting and shouldn't be forgotten that there's a, lots of stuff central teams can do, but actually the local leadership deliver that, empower that brand, empower the people, or actually it could be some become something very different. I think that's very true. I think that's very true. And our, our business is, so a lot of our vet businesses are joint venture um, setups. So the, the partner in the, the, the vet or the practice manager or the nurse in the practice is a joint partner with us, a JVP model. Um, and so they're running their own business and they're a part of their own community. Um, and the decisions they make for their colleagues could be slightly different to the decisions another partner makes in a different store. Now, um, as a business, you know, we fundamentally you know, hold dear to our hearts the clinical um, standards that, um, that all of our practices will adhere to. But at the end of the day, they are local teams and it's those local teams that really knit together and, and attract the right talent in that local area, I think. Absolutely. And looking forward then, so future plans that you can share for the business, expansion, growth, is there a move into different types of services? You've talked about grooming, the vets, etc. Um, we, 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 we all love pets, uh, pets at home. Um, so uh, our focus is always going to be across pet care. Our ambition in our strategy, as is widely um, published, is to build a pet care ecosystem to build an ecosystem of services and products that um, really improve the lives of pets across the UK and enable owners to give those pets the best um, the best possible living standard and the best possible life they can have. Um, so I'm sure you can imagine all the kind of different services and, and, and different um, uh, products that you could flow into that ecosystem. And of course, we're looking at them all of the time. Um, so yeah, there's, there's 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 definitely great ambition within the business. Um, it's a really good time for pets at home. We've seen some fantastic growth, um, and I, I think there's a there's a huge amount to come. There's a there's a there's a long runway for this business. So it's a it's a watch this spacing. It's a watch and this keep space. an eye on it. 
Excellent. Good. It sounds like there's exciting times ahead. So before we wrap up, Nigel, final question from me is what's the best bit of business advice you've ever been given? Oh, that's interesting. You didn't warn me about that one. No, no, no one gets warned about that one. You didn't warn me about that one. Um, no, I, th- I think I think it's about living in the moment. And I think the pandemic has shown us that. I think understanding the context of uh, the business in, in the moment that we currently uh, live is really important. We can all have strategies and visions for the future, and I think that's absolutely fantastic. We can have plans but we have to understand what that core model is for how, how and why our business is, is, is successful today. Um, and I learned that at Tesco. Um, and I learned about really understanding the economic model, the relationship model, what holds people to this organisation and why is it at the heart of it that we're successful and we make money. I think we, you have to stay true to that and you have to understand that before you can start you know, being really ambitious about the future. No, that's really good. Really good. And if people want to reach out to you, Nigel, and find out any more about Pets at Home generally, clearly they can visit their their local stores. But you're on LinkedIn, so is that a good place to find you? Definitely, very happy to um, to, to 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 talk to people on LinkedIn. Yeah, please do reach out, uh, and uh, I will happily accept um, and 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 talk on LinkedIn. Brilliant. Well, thanks for joining, Nigel. It's been an absolute pleasure. Really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you to you and the teams for staying there and being open and supporting all our pets during the uh, the various lockdowns we've had. I know it's much appreciated, certainly from our family and our, our dog. So uh, appreciate you coming on and thanks for your time. Brilliant. Much appreciated, Simon. Thank you.